0: Hello and welcome to this Expert Insights CD. I'm Donna Hansen. Our Expert Insights CD series is designed to give professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and achievement both in business and personally. We know that these days it's often hard to find time to step outside your world and explore what's happening in other organisations. Our Expert Insights CDs are designed to provide you with concise information. On topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximizes your time and keeps you up to date with current trends. In this Expert Insights CD, we're going overseas. We're speaking with Kristen Arnold. Kristen is the President and Founder of Quality Process Consultants. Kristen is passionate about teamwork, engagement, action and momentum. Her passion for teams is reflected in her writing, speaking, facilitation and consulting. She's the author of several books in the Extraordinary Team series, which include Team Basics, Email Basics, and Team Energizers, as well as a newspaper columnist and a contributing author to a myriad of other team-based books. Kristen was one of the first female graduates of the United States Coast Guard Academy and the first woman stationed on board the US CGC Buttonwood a seagoing boy tender. She parlayed her understanding of teams and teamworks with an MBA in marketing strategy in a specialized management consulting firm focused on building extraordinary teams in the workplace. And today we're going to be talking with Kristen on how to make your meetings more productive. And don't we all need that? Welcome, Kristen. Why, thank you
1: so much, Donna. It's great to be here. Uh,
0: why don't you tell us, first of all, how you came to be a professional meeting facilitator?
1: Well, it was over a dozen years, well, two dozen years ago. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and uh, the Coast Guard at that time started doing something called TQM, Total Quality Management. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, the, for those people who have been around a while, that, uh, that was a pretty popular management trend. Uh, over 20 years ago. And, and the Coast Guard really didn't know what a facilitator was. And so they read the job description and they said, Kristen, that that's kind of like uh, you, your management style. So they sent me to gobs of training, but it was how to teach TQM principles and not how to facilitate a team. Uh-huh. So I was assigned to my very first team and made every mistake known to mankind. It was horrible. Uh, the team leader I was assigned, Barbara Bailey, we took 26 one-hour meetings to literally move the water cooler from one side of the office to the other. It was so horrible. <laughs> and I said, you know, there's got to be a better way. So I read all four books that, uh, that were on the subject at that time because this was a fairly new kind of practice. And um, I put together a little training program for my fellow Coasties so they wouldn't have to go through the pain and agony that I went through. Mm-hmm. And then somebody on the outside said, Could you do that for us and we'll even pay you for it. And I went, Woohoo. So I did that for about a year. And then uh, the Coast Guard wanted to put me back on board ship and I had two babies and I went, yeah, I don't think so. So I uh I decided to open up my own management
0: consulting practice and here I am a couple of years later. Wow what a <laughs> What a journey, and and what a contrast. And I'm sure, you know, as we have a conversation today, the the insights that you gained from working in um, such a, a high profile uh, government body have no doubt, you know, held you in good stead for all the other management experiences uh, that you've you've um, participated in or been involved in. So, firstly, Kristen, why do meetings need to be facilitated? Well, I would not say that all
1: meetings need to be professionally facilitated. But I do believe that all meetings should have somebody who's watching the process, as well as the content about what you're talking about. So whether that's the team leader, or you decide to have somebody who's specifically watching the process, making sure that you have an agenda in place, that you're following the agenda, you know, whether they're keeping time or not. I think sometimes the leader thinks that they have to do all of this, you know, that they have to Manage the agenda and keep everybody on track and keep everybody on time. And you know, I think that the better teams share the wealth; that everybody has a piece of of the responsibility of making sure that the team is effective. So, if you're the team leader and you're feeling like you're working too hard, chances are you probably are. Mm. Um, in in the United States, and that's where I'm from. Um, uh, in the Harvard Business Review, they estimated that there are 11 million meetings every day, wow. every day. 11 million meetings, and they figure probably about half of those are really not very effective. And, and I think having a facilitator, somebody who's watching the process, helps make those meetings even more effective. Your chances, your probability of success and getting more done in a shorter period of time with more sustainable
0: agreements is that much more higher. So I guess what you're saying there, it, it, as you said, it doesn't need to be an external or a professional facilitator, but understanding the importance of having somebody that keeps things on track. And, you know, I'm sure you, as I'm sure all of our listeners, have been to one of those meetings where you walk out and you look at the the people that were in the meeting with you and you go, what just happened there? Nothing. You know, I feel like I've completely wasted, our, wasted time. So, um, you know, that, that can be the trap, can't it?
1: Absolutely. And sometimes you're just held hostage. I mean, you know, if the leader is, is got all these functions, then the leader is also keeping track of time. Donna, have you ever been in a meeting that you thought was going to be an hour and three hours later, you're like dying for a break? Oh yeah. You, You know, and you're like going, so how, how can that happen? And that's because nobody's watching the process. Nobody, nobody's keeping the team honest to, uh, the agenda. Maybe there wasn't even an agenda to, to get started. So a lot of times we know what the problems are going to be in our meetings. Mm-hmm. We know what they are. And yet we don't do anything to prevent them from happening in the first place or intervene. And I call it intervening gracefully that when we do go off off track, that, that we can bring it back in and, and have the team feel whole about it, that it's okay that it's okay that we mention that so that we can be more productive.
0: Uh, look, even just with what you've said in that last uh, couple of moments, I've, I've just sort of gone off and it's it's made me think about a whole lot of different questions. So um, I, I'm getting excited about our, our conversation. So, <laughs> let, let, and that's pretty sad, isn't it? I excited
1: about meetings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke in training sessions, if we're doing Outlook training, for example, and we're creating a meeting to demonstrate something, I often create a, a meeting and I, I get a laugh for it, at, you know, a meeting to discuss the importance of meanings mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it's just it is ludicrous so um you mentioned uh going actually into
1: a- actually so i'm i'm gonna challenge that one it sounds ludicrous yes but if you don't put an ounce of prevention in thinking about what you want to accomplish at a meeting then you are wasting everybody's time so it's not that you have to have a meeting for, for the meeting but you do need to have a plan in place whether it was one person who came up with an agenda or Or somebody who's put some thought in saying, you know, in the past, we've had these things that go off track or on the rails. So how about if we do this differently so that we can be more productive? It's an investment versus... um, looking at it like oh my gosh it's a meeting before the
0: meeting. So it's um, making it more uh, less fluid and more structured and by having it structured we can work towards a purpose. I guess it's a bit like any sort of team sport where if you don't know uh, what end you're, you're kicking to uh, how do you know where the goals are. Exactly. So on the agenda topic i um, do we need agendas for meetings? And I think clearly just in our conversation there, they, they have a place. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that there's a difference between a formal agenda
1: and an informal agenda. Uh-huh. And I think all meetings, all interactions, we do state what an informal agenda is. You know, we're we're going to be chatting for a certain amount of time. Our time here. Our purpose is to help your listeners get some great ideas and techniques and tidbits that will help them have more effective meetings. I mean, we do this anecdotally. And for the more important meetings, as you ramp up, the Rio Stat gets more and more important or more and more people are involved, then the discipline needs to be a little bit more formalized. And I'm not I'm not suggesting that you have agendas that you know count out every minute of the time, and I think that that there's some need for flexibility in the agenda. But if you don't have something that's a roadmap, it's simply like if you're driving mm. um, from Melbourne and you want to get to Brisbane and you don't even have a map, mm. you just start driving. It could be north, east, west, south. I mean, <laughs> you don't you don't even know where you're going. So if you just start your meeting then that's what I call a feeding frenzy people just start talking and and you're not going anywhere
0: I guess there's no point having a formal agenda if you just pop into somebody's office and you just start a brief conversation but ultimately you're still going in there with an informal agenda this is the the idea the concept or the issue that I want to discuss with this person and you know you you are mindful of the fact that you know you don't want to be stuck there for an hour talking about something
1: Right. But, you know, we do
0: it anecdotally anyway. So
1: I might knock on the door and say, hey, Donna, have you got five minutes? I just wanted to chat with you about that email that we've been sending back and forth. Mm.
0: And and that is an issue as well. You know, often, uh, you know, we're hiding behind emails, but that's another, a total, uh, another story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah.
1: But, you know, we, we anecdotally set agendas. And, and when we don't set agendas, then people go, well, what's the purpose? Are they just going to come in and sit down? And Donna, is this an informal chat? Or are we just getting to know each other? Or, you know, so then, then people start wondering, well, why are you walking into the, I, so I think agendas just help put everybody's expectations on a, on an even keel.
0: Yep, and provide some framework as to where we're going rather than uh, just letting it it flow. Still, like you said, allowing that flexibility to move into somewhere uh, as as things arise. Yes. So with that being said, is there any sort of definitive time or do you have ideas around, uh, you know, how long a meeting should be? I I know that that's probably how long is a piece of string, but what are your thoughts? (laughs) Um, so I hate I
1: hate giving this answer of it depends. <laughs> but it does depend, I'm sure. It does. I mean, if all I want to do is get clarity around the email that we're sending back and forth, that might be five minutes. But if we're trying to um, plan or coordinate a meeting or a, an event, um, a conference or something, maybe that might be an hour or two. Or maybe we're trying to do some strategic planning. That might be a day or two. Or um, usually, most meetings are part of a bigger system. Mm -hmm. So a meeting is um, part of the domino in order to achieve the eventual outcome. And I think it's really helpful for people to know where that meeting fits. Um, You know, we're brainstorming here, or we're trying to evaluate these ideas, or we're trying to come to a decision, or we're trying to put together an action plan. Uh, Those are very, very different functions and they use different parts of your brain and they probably require different people in the room. So, um, I, I think the, the challenge for any leader is to figure out what's achievable in the amount of time that you've identified because Parkinson's law rules, the amount of time expands to the amount of time allotted. Mm -hmm. So if you give it an hour, it's going to take an hour. If you give it five minutes, it's going to take five minutes, um, you know, so you have to balance the time needed, quality, people's commitment, fingerprints all over, you know, because you can simply tell people in five minutes. But if you want their commitment, they want to be part of that discussion. They want to be part of the decision. So that's why it might take a little bit longer. So it it's really a balance.
0: I think you raised two really good points there. The, the first is... Um understanding as a a meeting organizer or as a participant what the fit for the meeting is. So where does it fit? In the business, where does it fit in whatever it is the team or the organization is working on? And actually thinking about that because I think these days we're just so busy with everything. We're overwhelmed with, you know, emails, with commitments, with expectations, our own and other people's, that sometimes we don't stop to think about what is the purpose for what purpose are we meeting and and what is the outcomes that we want to achieve and even just being mindful of that and and going in creating some expectation around it and much like as you and I would see when we facilitate a training session you go in and you set up the expectations of the the session you know this is this is how the session's going to work this is what we, it's going to look like and this is the interactivity these are the breaks they're just sort of standard I guess courtesy things to be respectful of everybody's time.
1: Absolutely, and and if you don't really walk in with a purpose and what your desired outcome is, I I I think that you're doing your team's a disservice. Like that's where that's the starting point. Um, Because if you don't have agreement on that, then you are inherently going to have conflict because people aren't going to have a common ground, or maybe they're going to have different positions and they'll argue around positions versus trying to accomplish the objective. Um, So I, I think you're setting yourself up for for a little disappointment if you don't start with what's the purpose and what's the desired outcome.
0: Excellent. So Kristen, what are some of the most common mistakes you see organizations make when they're holding meetings? Uh-huh. They cram too
1: much to do in a short period of time. <laughs> so You might, you might have an information sharing meeting, you might have a problem solving meeting, you might have an action planning meeting, you might have a coordinating meeting, a socializing meeting, and you decide that you want to do all of that at once. And you invite everybody who needs to be connected to that. And so there are too many people in the room, too many things to do, not enough time, and it's just poorly, poorly
0: planned and poorly executed. I, I think a great point that you make there, and, and I, I think one of the things we often forget, particularly if you're an organiser or you're bringing a piece of knowledge to that meeting, we often forget how well we know our stuff and that our stuff is so familiar to us. It's just like second nature, and we're not always patient enough to realise that we need to discuss things with other people and and give them time and space to absorb stuff that you can't just keep talking and expect people to um absorb and totally understand what it is you're you're discussing right so i mean you can tell people and you can
1: tell them what to do and they will comply donna yep i mean most people you know if you're the boss they're they're going to nod their head and they're going to comply um but if you want their commitment and you want them engaged and you want them to really execute without sabotage or at least execute smartly, then you need to give them that time that they, and I call it putting your fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. They need to take your ideas and put their twist on it. They're how we're going to do this. Like you, you, you as the leader can say, you know, here, here's the direction, Here's the outcome that we're looking for. Now, how are we going to accomplish that? And when people feel like they've been heard, that they've been acknowledged, that they are part of the problem-solving process, then they're that much more likely to be engaged in the execution of it. And you're needing them to help
0: execute that idea. So it's creating some ownership. Absolutely. Mm. So would if- would you suggest that... Um- when you're having a meeting that you probably consider just having one element, one concept, one idea, one outcome? Or again, it depends.
1: <laughs> it depends. Uh, you know, it depends on the, the 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 focus and the importance of the thing. It might be, you know, if you've got a staff meeting, it might be there are five things that you need to discuss. Yes, uh, But if if your staff is really, uh, you know, churning on a specific issue in the office, then maybe that's the entire agenda, Um, you know. And and I can tell a high-performing team is if I take a look at that agenda and I see that it's not just your name, it's not Donna, 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 but it's Donna and Tim and Janet and Mike and, you know, that there are other people's names because they're – part of the, the agenda that, you know, it's not all one person's meeting Yep. and yep. the same thing holds true with the action list because every meeting should have an action list. Otherwise you've just had a brilliant conversation, but nothing's going to happen. Um, so in that action list that there should be multiple people who are taking responsibility for different items.
0: Okay. That's, that's a good point. Action list. I think, um, uh, a lot of meetings, People walk out nobody's taking notes or nobody summarizes the meeting and in fact I'm going to stop there because I'm getting excited sad Um, but uh, that'll be one of the other things that I want to talk to you about as we get towards the end you know summaries summarizing the meetings so uh, Kristen if a meeting goes off track What are some ideas, suggestions, strategies you have to sort of pull it back? Because sometimes you can be in a meeting and somebody sort of hijacks the meeting and takes you off on a different path. What sort of ideas and strategies you have to to pull that back on track?
1: Well, there are two ways of looking at this, Donna. One is um, what preventions do you have in place to keep it from going off track in the first place? Mm. And then how can you gracefully intervene to get it back on track because you don't want to like escalate an intervention and go, my God, Donna, what are you thinking? That's the stupidest idea. not that that would actually happen, but you know, you could have somebody, I mean, you don't, you don't want to raise the level of intervention and use inappropriate language. You want to You want to, it's like classroom dynamics. You want to start at a low level of intervention. It might just be something like a, 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 a glance at that person or a movement or a reminder about what our purpose is, a reminder about our agenda or a reminder about our ground rules. Or one of the things that I love to do is I love to write down what people are saying on a flip chart or, you know, using technology. And so I can point to that and say, you know, we heard you, Donna. That's great. Got that idea. What other ideas do we have? And you now open it to the rest of the room. So there are, there are easy ways to bring people back if you have some of these preventions in place in the first place.
0: Okay, so knowing that you, you can gracefully intervene and in using things like flip charts or acknowledgement of people's contributions and just gently saying, look, you know, that's that's great, I take that on board, let's just continue with, with our agenda and knowing that you have strategies rather than coming into a situation and then all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes later, you realise that you're losing control of the meeting. So it, it, what you're saying is it's about having some ideas mentally in place to go well you know in the event that it goes this way this is some strategies that I can use and I guess that that's just standard risk management and we do that every day when we're driving you know we, we drive somewhere there's a detour you know we have to go okay well that was the way I wanted to go but now I need to adjust my plans because of something that's beyond my control right right and,
1: you know, having some preventions is, is uh, I never thought about this, but it's kind of like your GPS recalculating. Yeah, uh, that's a good analogy. You know, yeah. And if you don't have those preventions in place, like let's just take, for example, somebody who hijacks a meeting. Mm-hmm. If you know that this person always does that, then, you know, you need to put some preventions in place, um, such as, uh, you know, as a ground rule. How about if one person talk at a time or... Um, uh, uh, let's all participate, no one dominate. Um, if you have an agenda in place, if, you have, um, if you're have, if you able to uh, set a process in place that we're going to be brainstorming around the room, um, you, you know, those kinds of things. If you, know, if you know that that's the kind of person that you're going to be facing, then it, it, chances are you're not going to run into it. I mean, I think, I think 80% of the issues... That we have in meetings can be prevented from even happening. So if you do, if you do a little bit of that uh, homework before the you actually get into the meeting, the meeting before the meeting, um, then you can you can prevent a lot of this stuff from happening.
0: So and it enables you to make sure that the time's used effectively because that's one thing none of us can get any more of, isn't it? Right, right. So we've talked about uh, having. Uh, an agenda and preparing, uh, preventions and interventions. Are there any other quick tips that you could recommend to our listeners that might um, make their meetings more effective or more productive? Well, we talked a little bit about um, having a team map and I highly
1: recommend doing that about how your meeting fits with the larger meeting because somebody will want to bring up something and it's like, now's not the time we're in problem definition, not in solution space yet. So why don't we figure out what the problem is first? And then let's look at our solutions. That's, that's an example. Um, I, I, I I really like what Roger Schwartz, who's a very, very uh, well-known facilitator. He wrote probably the Bible of facilitation. It's called the skilled facilitator. And um, he suggests that in your agenda, that you take the topic and I call it twisting the topic. That you twist the topic into an adjun- into a question. So rather than a topic item being like a garage space, mm-hmm. what is it that you're trying to do with the garage space? You know, we need to figure out how to make more parking available to our employees. Mm-hmm. So identify ways to make parking more available for our employees. Oh. Well, that's different than garage space. Absolutely. So if I got if I got an agenda and it said garage space, I would be like, going, "Oh, okay. Well, what do I do in preparation for that?
0: I don't know." Yeah, I but having have... having a question gets you thinking about well, what can we do? And you come in in solution mode rather than um, being reactive when it's elaborated on.